Well, hello, my friends, and good Tuesday morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Roger, and behind the scenes is my wife, Angie. We're always grateful when you show up, and we pray that when you walk away from this time, you're encouraged and just a little bit more informed of what God's Word has to say to us for this specific day. Uh, this week, we're looking at a topic, and we're, we titled it, The Evidence of Contentment. And this really grew out of our discussion last week um, because we were talking about the statement that Paul made in Philippians chapter 4. And he said that uh, he had learned to be content in any and every situation. Well, that's pretty big talk, and so, but I want that in my life, and I'm sure that you do too. And so we spent the week looking at what that might be on how we might learn to be that way. And how we finished the week up then was Paul speaking to Timothy and I kind of talked about this yesterday, but I just want to lay the groundwork one more time because it's just so important. Paul is passing this information that he had learned over a lifetime to Timothy. And so we read scripture and we're reading the, what Paul had learned over a lifetime. And it's just like he's advising us on, on how we might go forward in learning of this. And he tells Timothy in chapter um, 6, verse number 6, he says, Godliness and contentment is great gain. And so the things that we tried to learn last week, we're saying, okay, so Paul says this is not just something that we spend a week doing, but in fact, it's the course of a lifetime that he learned these things. And he says, this is it. The most important thing you can focus on right now is that godliness and contentment is great gain in your life. He goes on and he talks for a few more, uh, says a few more sentences to Timothy. And then he says this, he talks about the world, I guess, in a little bit. He says, he describes what's going on out there. And then he says to Timothy, but you, man of God, flee from all of that and instead pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And so my uh, theory then is that what Paul was doing here was he was describing the evidence of contentment and righteousness in a man's life. This idea of godliness and contentment is great gain well, then the evidence of that would be what he says to, for, to Timothy to pursue. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. And so we thought that this week, well, then that's what we want to do. If we want to carry on how to learn to be content, we want to use some sort of a measurement in our lives to say, well, how far have we come down the road? And, and God says to the pen of Paul that when we seek after these things, when we pursue these things in our life, then our godliness and our contentment will be complete. So yesterday, as if you were with us, you know that we looked at righteousness and godliness. And today we want to look at the idea of faith. What does it look like uh, for, to be so contented in our lives that it is demonstrated by this extreme faith in our lives? Another important thing, a foundation that we laid yesterday that we just cannot uh, move on without making sure that we all got it right here is that none of the things that Paul is describing is attainable on our own stead. We can't be righteous, we can't be godly, apart from the work of the Son. We can't have any of these things without our relationship restored with the Father. We can't do any of these things unless we are walking with the indwelling Holy Spirit that is promised to all believers who proclaim Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So we need all of these things into place so we can move on in faith. And how we thought that this week, maybe the biggest impact that I could make on my life, and hopefully yours as well, is that I don't just kind of thumb through the Bible or, and look for information on what faith might be defined as, but we just go to the one who did it perfectly, 
the one without sin, the one whose scripture says brought our relationship, restored our relationship with the Father, and gave us the very righteousness of God, and that is obviously his son, Jesus Christ. And so we want to be observers of how Jesus walked through this world as the ultimate example of contentment. And where I'd like to read today is, is from Luke chapter 22. And I'll tell you what happens there, or what was going on right here, just a little bit of a context. This is uh, the night that Jesus was arrested. This was the beginning of what some call the passion, uh, of when Jesus would be arrested and beaten and scourged and slapped and whipped and crucified by his enemies, the ones that thought he was the enemy, the one who came to save. This is the night that uh, Judas's betrayal had already been set in motion. This is the night when he had sat with his friends and had the Last Supper and loved them in a way and told them what was about to happen. But don't forget, he said, all this was taking place. And as usual, he went to the Mount of Olives with his friends after they ate. And this is what happened in that scene. In chapter 22 of Luke, beginning in verse number 39, it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, and he knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I read that, it takes me a little time to gather myself. Jesus was there, and he knew what was all going to transpire. And he said, take this cup from me. And then the most important thing that all of us could understand, if we are looking on what a life of faith might look like, was the next phrase, and he said, but not my will, but your will, Lord. That is faith. In fact, perhaps it's the most dramatic an important demonstration of faith that we could possibly ever look at and say, I want to be like that. Jesus was able to surpass all the things that he knows, put him out of his head even, because he never took his eyes off the will of the Father for his life. He knew the Father well. In fact, he was right here talking to him on a one-on-one -on -one prayer saying, Father, he moved through this world just like you and I do. And, and, and he saw all kinds of chaos. And he was opposed and hated by so many. He dealt with sadness over the loss of his friends. And, and he felt anguish over the hard, re, unrepentant hearts of so many who hated him for trying to bring love into their lives. He sat with those who had no hope and restored hope into their lives. 
He gave them a belief that something better was possible. And he had admonished others who thought they had it all figured out. But ultimately, he never once doubted or turned away from the cross because he knew the will of the Father and he had complete and undiminished faith that what was taking place was necessary. He knew for a fact that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him will never perish but will have eternal life. And he said, I have faith and I am going to go through with this if it is your will, Father. I guess the question for the week then, if we're looking at how we get this evidence of contentment and faith as do it just like Jesus, the question has to be, can you look back at your time with the Father and, and see where he's been faithful and where you wanted something and, and, and you didn't get it, but his will came into your life and it was something far, far better than you ever could have attained by yourself or could have imagined. You didn't even think to pray for it because it was so astonishing. Do you remember anything like that? You see a little time even. When God came into your life and did something that you were so thankful that he did, well, if so, can you look back at that time and those times and start building your own faith in order that on that day when the chips are down and you are filled with anguish, you can say, Father, this is what I see I need, but not your will or not my will, but Lord, your will be done because I have complete faith in your goodness. I'll tell you, folks, I think that's enough for me today. And, and, and I, I hope that you can pray about that. And just imagine what God has done in your life already. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, your salvation is more than you possibly could ever imagine or attain. And someday when we are on the other side of the shores, it's going to be beautiful. So my friends, take care on this Tuesday. And, and just, uh, I'm praying for you. Take care and we'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Bye.